This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. The African continent is more vulnerable than any other region to the world's changing weather patterns. In 2018, a landmark report by the UN on the signs of 1.5 degree global warming concluded that Africa would continue to experience increased temperatures and unpredictable rainfall. Now, with climate change expected to continue affecting access to water, food and livestock production, the resilience of the coastal communities and economies, what is being done on the ground to help people adapt to these changing effects? Remember, from time immemorial, human beings have always adapted to their changing environment. Now, I visited Narok in Kenya. It is situated along the Great Rift Valley in the southern part of the country. This is home to the Maasai Mara National Park, where you can sport the annual wild beast migration from Kenya to Tanzania. In this part of the country, drought has been a significant challenge. And due to human and wildlife sharing resources, water resources, human-wildlife conflict has been a major challenge. To prevent the women and girls from being killed by the wild animals while out in search of water and reduce waterborne diseases, the community organized themselves to conserve a natural spring uh, located in conservation areas. Before we protected the spring, we used to go down to our seasonal rivers and uh, we scoop the sun and wait for a, a few hours for the water to accumulate. And that is the water we use. And after we leave the spot, the elephants at night, of course, came to the same spot, buffaloes even hyenas, so they urinate there, they also poop there, and then the following day in the morning, that's the same water that you're going to, to take. So the waterborne diseases were very high during that time, and it was also very risky because uh, if people are many going to the same spot fetching water, uh, it takes really long, and uh, we've, we've realized a lot of the people who are really encountering, encountering elephants and other dangerous game as they wait for the water to accumulate. People can wait up to 8 p.m., which is quite dark, but um, what can you do? You don't have water for cooking, you don't have water for drinking, so you have to wait. So it's actually a need-driven why we protected the spring. That was Nelson Olekirokol, who will tell you more about natural springs that's providing clean water to about 7,000 people and how they are leaving some of this water to the wild animals to prevent human-wildlife conflict and also uh, reduce waterborne diseases infection within the villages. Now let's head to southeastern Loveld in Zimbabwe within the Greater Limpopo Transfrontier Conservation Area. Here, we will meet communities living at the edge of the protected area. Now remember, Zimbabwe is among southern African countries that have been profoundly impacted by drought and at the same time, greatly affected by Cyclone Idai that claimed more than a thousand people as severe flooding occurred across Mozambique, Malawi and Zimbabwe. 
Olga Kupika is a researcher and has been conducting research in these communities. Um, and she will be telling us why these communities are critical in finding sustainable solutions to the water challenges and conservation amid severe weather. The communities identify projects which can sustain uh, livelihoods under this uh, changing climate. But at the same time, the idea is also to scale up those projects which depend on the river systems. Since the area is drought prone, there's no way they can rely on other surface waters, surface, surface water resources apart from these river systems, which they have now become seasonal rivers. So with this scenario, how do communities continue to tap into the uh, resources and ensure that they continue to, to survive? Community-based approaches, uh, they are key in, in conservation because threats to the river systems, what we call the anthropogenic disturbances, which we have, they are actually of human origin. Most of them are of human origin. So identifying those threats, finding solutions, also lies with the communities as well, because they are part and parcel of the solution. Now, back to the cities. For those of you living in the cities and probably has had difficulties accessing seafood, such as fish, during these COVID-19 times. Would you believe me if I told you that you could produce fish in a space close to your balcony? Yes, believe me because I have met a researcher doing so in Nairobi city. So he will be telling you more about how you can fish in constrained city spaces. So, for this and many more episodes that we'll be looking into solutions that are being implemented by communities within Africa, remember to subscribe so you do not miss any of these exciting podcasts coming up. And also remember that the Africa Climate Conversations podcast is accessible on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and every other podcast channel you access your other podcasts from. Remember, you can also listen to it on my website, sofimboga.com. Please write to us through info at sofimboga.com and let us know about the climate project you're implementing and we will tell the world about it. Till next week, have a productive and safe week ahead. Ina Indeshwa na Afripods. 